everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. Hey, Dr. Linda, how's your uh, your headphones? Are they, they it's feel? good. Yeah, it's what good. What about that chair? Does that chair feel okay? Yeah. Do I need to come around and, and make any adjustments to the chair? Oh, no, I'm fine. Okay, I'll, I'll wait. How about another cup of coffee? Okay, I'm fine. I, I appreciate your concern, I, I guess. Uh, are you buttering me up because you need something? Can I not just be nice and kind? I mean, we did a, a show on the importance of kindness. That's true. We did. But uh, this is just a little bit not like you, if I'm really <laughs> honest here. Well, but. it's because of today's show. It's about people pleasing. Ah. So I thought I would try just a little, uh, little, you know. People pleasing? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> to get us in the mood. <laughs> that's it, basically. Yep. Okay. You've heard the saying, you can't please everyone. Well, some people feel it's their job to do that. That's true. And the question is, were you trying to be nice to me just now, or were you people-pleasing? Because we're going to make that difference really apparent in the show. One is a good thing. The other one is not such a good thing. People-pleasing is a negative thing that you really want to stop doing. I guess the question then is why? Because, I mean, isn't the customer always right? And don't we want to please our boss? And don't you always want to be kind and, and please others? Yeah. And, I mean, in some cases, right, people-pleasing mm -hmm. isn't inherently bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things. But it comes down to why are you doing the things that you're doing? Like this example, Chris, if you're in a relationship, for instance, you want to be aware of the needs of the other person, right? You want to take their feelings into account. And that usually means that you have concern for that person, that you care about that person. But here's the problem. If you're in that relationship and you're editing or you're altering your words or behaviors just to make sure that you don't upset that person, that can be a problem. You're really not being honest. If you're not honest, it's really hard to get a real deep intimacy in that type of relationship. So when you're in these relationships where you're always trying to please the person, this creates a lot of problems. I can see how that would be a problem because you want everyone around you to be happy and you will do absolutely whatever it takes to make that happen. You know, that's a key, wanting everybody to be happy. I don't right. know how realistic that is, is it? It ain't going to happen. I know, but yet the people pleaser <laughs> right. does look for that. And in healthy relationships, that's not the way it's going to be. There's a real give and take in a relationship that's healthy. You do want to do nice things for another person in a healthy relationship. But if one person is always trying to win and make sure that that person is happy all the time, that's a problem. How did you deal with people pleasing when, when it was a problem? It's interesting because it really was a problem that I saw over and over again. That's one of the reasons why we're talking about this on this show. It means that the person just has this real need to please other people, uh, especially if they're fearful that they're going to lose that relationship if they don't people please. So it's really about putting the needs of other people over your own. Now, some people might listen and go, but that's what we do mm. when we're a person of faith. We put the needs of others first, right? Christians are supposed to act that's like right. that. That's right. So I'm not saying you don't do that, but when you do that in a really extreme way, in other words, if you're thinking, if I don't please that person, I could lose that relationship, then you're going to have trouble in that relationship. So over the years, when you observe this, what makes someone become a people pleaser? I think fundamentally, people-pleasing comes from a real insecure sense of who you are, and it's a desire to base your sense of yourself on what other people think. 
So you're really giving that power away. And if you're determined to figure out a way to think about yourself by what other people think, you can see how dangerous that can be, right? But we don't wake up one day and say, hey, I want to lose myself and just try <laughs> to please everyone around me. What happened? This can develop from a traumatic family history that someone may have. Maybe they have a bad experience and a lot of bad experiences start to accumulate. And maybe they're in toxic relationships or abusive relationships. What happens when you have trauma or abuse or any of the kinds of toxic relationships that a lot of people are in, you start to develop a really low opinion of yourself. And you have this really low self-esteem and self-worth. You don't value your own thoughts when that happens. You don't value your own beliefs. You don't value your emotions. And then you feel like you kind of have to hide that and you have to work really hard to please other people. So if we grew up in an unsafe home or, a, or have toxic relationships from a bad environment, one way to handle that would be to then please other people. Does that make sense? Oddly enough, it sounds counterintuitive to me, but you see that a lot. Yeah, because look, if it's really unsafe then all you're going to do, especially if you're a kid, is you're going to think, I don't want to upset mm. that person. I'm just right. going to do everything I can to please that person. So you mentioned kids. Do lots of people start off as parent pleasers then? Yeah, and that really is the case. What happens in this case is we use this fancy term called attunement. All that means is that a parent and a child are not connecting to each other regarding their needs. In other mm. words, the parent isn't in tune with what the child really needs, and the child is always trying to figure out what the parent needs. Right. And if you're doing that early on in life, you're looking for your parents' approval. You want to make sure that you never upset them because maybe that would be unsafe. When that happens, you start to figure out that if I become a people pleaser, this could make my life a lot less stressful, and maybe I can, you know, create fewer problems. This sounds so, I guess the word is sad. It's a little yeah. heartbreaking because you're thinking about a kid who has to earn, I guess, the respect or the attention of their parents. Even the love. I mean, that's, yeah. that's where kids really feel like mm. I have to earn the love of my parents. But, you know, Chris, when you don't have good relationships, you can really come to the opinion that your, your value comes from either what you do for other people or if you please other people. And if you please them enough, maybe they'll like you, maybe mm. they'll even love you. So I think what we're really talking about is that at the root, people pleasers are motivated by a strong need to have that approval from other people in order to validate who they are. And that insecurity just makes them conform to other people's opinions and expectations, even when they don't want to. And that can make it hard for them to say no when they're presented with something they genuinely don't want to do or don't like. We'll talk about that more, but uh, people take advantage of these types of people all the time yes, because of that. Yes, And I've noticed that a people pleaser can also take the blame for others, mm -hmm. even when the other person has hurt them. This is very confusing to me. Is this tied to worrying about being rejected? Yeah, it really goes to that rejection thing that some people learn to please just to survive. So again, I'll kind of use that example. If you grew up in a home, it wasn't safe to express what you really felt. You might learn to say what you think maybe your parents want to hear. And maybe you don't want to upset that angry dad who's drinking or that very worried mom who might look depressed. Or maybe you think, if I just do what my parents say and never ask a question, then I'm probably not going to get in trouble. 
So sometimes people learn to please just, like I said, to keep themselves safe. This could carry over into marriage just to try to avoid conflict. Right. And that's one of the dangers when you're pleasing to avoid conflict because you're so uncomfortable with the negative feelings of your spouse, then you're not really allowing your spouse to get to know you Mm. because you're just saying what you think they want to hear. That preoccupation with always trying to say the right thing or do the right thing, eventually you start to lose a sense of who you are. It's like you are just hungry for this, this approval of others. Yeah, and being fearful of saying no to people or setting limits in a relationship. You know, what I saw in therapy is people-pleasing just becomes exhausting mm. for the person, and they feel like they're very burned out because they're always trying to take care of people. They really lack balance in their life. And because the people-pleaser wants to be liked they can be reinforced for continuing to please others. Yeah, that's true. They can fit into a group, they can read a room, they can anticipate the needs. And in some jobs, those skills could really be helpful Mm. when you think about it. A people pleaser can work really hard because of their insecurity. And consequently, a lot of them become overachievers. You know, they might be a type A or a perfectionist person. Wow. Well, now that we have you thinking about people pleasing, after the break, We'll give you a few questions to help you decide how much of a people pleaser you might be. More in a minute. Are you a mom or a dad trying to do your best to raise a healthy weight child in an unhealthy eating culture? Do you often struggle with how to respond when your child asks if she is fat or if he needs to lose weight? Do you wonder what is normal and how do I best impact my child and his or her eating habits? Well, hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mental, and my book, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, teaches parents how to raise healthy kids in an overscheduled, fast food, video game world by making simple choices, easy changes, and instilling good habits that will improve everyone's life today and forever. Winner of the Mom's Choice Award, Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, will give you this confidence the confidence you need to take charge of your child's eating and raise a healthy weight child. Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World. Available on Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And available online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online, drlindamental.com. And remember, you can listen to our podcast anytime on iTunes. And if you think this show might be helpful to someone you know, tell them about the podcast. And let me remind you that Dr. Linda's book, I Love My Mother, But, is a book about mother-daughter relationships. That can be a people-pleasing relationship that might need some work. You can find that book and all 20 of Dr. Linda's books online as well. Dr. Linda, I do know you see that relationship a lot with the daughter that just wants to measure up to mom and will do anything to make sure she gets mom's approval. Right. You've got two daughters, so that's something to always pay attention to. They don't do that to me. They don't care what I think. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if if we think we might be a people pleaser, what are we looking for? Uh, What questions should we ask? Well, let's start with the most obvious one. The question you could ask yourself is, do I need other people to like me? Hmm. And if you spend a lot of time worrying about rejection and you're having to constantly work to keep people happy, you know, we talked about that can be exhausting. So ask yourself, do I need people to like me? It's funny. We were joking uh, during the break and I was like, I don't care if anyone likes me or not. (laughs) But I think a lot of personalities can survive that way. I think also deep down, everyone has a little twinge of wanting to be socially acceptable. That's true. 
Especially on social media, right? You want likes, you're you're counting your likes. Exactly. But at the same time, if you're continually worrying about that, it can be exhausting. Because at the same time, like I said, you do need people to like you. You want people to like you. Do you also have trouble then saying no to others? Yes, that is a classic people pleaser thing. And others, like you mentioned, Chris, do take advantage of you because of that. Here is a classic line to get a people pleaser to do something. Listen to this. Have you mm-hmm. ever heard this? Well, you know, nobody does this better than you do, Chris. Good as you are. <laughs> um, and that's an attempt to coax you into doing something. And that's usually the way I feel, too. Is, you know, <laughs> that's Chris, right. No one else can do this better than you can. So really, it comes down to you have to learn to say no. And that feels really harsh to someone who's a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. But it's important so you don't feel like you are doing things that you really don't want to do just because you're afraid to say no and that you're going to be rejected. Mm. So you have to say something like, no, you can say it nice. No, I really don't want to go to that party, but I'd be willing to go late or maybe leave an hour earlier. Mm. Or you could say something like, no, I don't want to go to dinner, but I'd be glad to do coffee. So these are kind of like baby steps towards learning to say no but you've really got to work on that saying no more of the time when you really don't want to do something. <laughs> so, But don't start big, like when the boss asks you to complete a project and just say, no, <laughs> no. not doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to be your people pleaser anymore. Right. Yeah, but, that's harder with bosses because right. you do have to please them. So start small, though, to practice and, and maybe say no to something that's not that big of a deal. Right. Or try to express your opinion about something really simple. Uh, Maybe take a stand on something you believe, although I wouldn't take a big topic like politics or anything like that because that's going to be hard. But each time you do it, you get a little bit more confidence in your ability to be yourself. So if you're thinking about this and you're saying, well, I'm so used to saying yes to all the things that people ask me. When they do ask you something, pause, ask yourself is this really doable or am I just taking on more than I can handle? Because when you do that, Chris, you always resent it. When you say you're going to, I'm going to do it. And then you go, why did I do that? If you really can't do something, then just practice politely declining it or offer somebody an alternative. When you said the word resentment, I said, bingo, that's exactly what I was thinking because I have found myself in that situation where you feel like someone is almost to the point of taking advantage of you because you keep saying, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. And then it becomes a, a, a bitterness issue. Right. And doing it politely. I'm not suggesting that people get mean about this stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, you can say, you know, oh, thank you so much. That's really nice. It's kind. But I really, I really can't do that. It's easy to manipulate a people pleaser. Yeah. Sometimes people are just clearly trying to take advantage of you. Right. That's why you have to look out for the flatters like we talked about, mm. you know, the real flattering statements like, oh, you are so good at baking cakes. Mm-hmm. Would you make a cake for my child's birthday? Have you ever had anybody do that kind of thing to you? Well, not baking a cake. Not no. baking a cake, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yes. you're so good at that. So would you mow my lawn? Because oh. you do really great lawn work. <laughs> back, back in the day when I used to DJ weddings, yeah. family members. Chris is saying no. Yeah, right. <laughs> cousin so-and-so you know they really would like you no not doing it sorry or maybe one you've heard maybe you know you're so handy chris Mm, so could you just help me out could you do this project right could you work with me i mean you have to decide if it's something you really want to do that's fine the ones that really get me is when they say chris you are so good looking can you (laughs) (laughs) is that one you really have to really struggle with hearing a lot every day yeah And because it's so hard to say no, does a people pleaser feel personally responsible for how other people feel? Oh, that's good. That's a good one because, you know, what happens is they excessively 
apologize for anything because mm. they feel responsible for everything. So yes, yes, yes. You, you have to be careful that you're not trying to be responsible for their happiness. And you blame yourself if for mm. some reason they're not feeling good or you're not doing what you think they want you to do. It's really not your problem. It's up to each individual to be in charge of their own emotions. You are not responsible for the emotions of other people. I want to ask you a question about that, and we will in the next segment, so don't forget that. Okay. Uh, feeling responsible for the feelings of others and apologizing, even though you really didn't do anything, are two traits of people pleasers. And how about pretending to agree with everyone? Yeah, I mean, it's good to listen politely to other people's opinions, right? We're having a real hard time in our culture doing that right now. We can't listen to anybody without disagreeing. Right. But even when you disagree, it's good to practice that skill. Now, we, this is what we're missing in our culture. We don't know how to do this in a civil way right now. But the other side of this is just pretending to agree because you want to be liked mm. uh, or you don't want to go against it because you're afraid of what somebody might do. Or maybe somebody is saying something and it's against your values, but you don't want to speak out because you're afraid that they might not like you. You know, there are studies that show that people pleasers may even engage in self-destructive behavior if they think it will help other people feel more comfortable in social situations. Isn't that wild? That's like uh, Anna from Frozen. She would sacrifice herself to make sure Elsa was okay. Yeah. But I digress. Yeah, well, to a degree. Now, Jesus did that for us, so that's a whole right. different subject, right? Better example, for sure. Right. right. But, you know, people pleasers may eat more when they think it'll make other people happy. Have you ever been in one of those households? They're pushing the food on you, mm. and you just keep eating. Right. Because you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. Well, that's a tough one, because I know families where if you don't eat more mom is going to get very offended by that. I know, I've had those experiences, and I think what you can do is you can politely try to say no, and in situations where they keep kind of giving you the food, I think it's nice just to take a couple bites and just go, oh, <laughs> it's so good, which is, if it's true, don't right. don't lie, but say things, oh, it's so good, but I just can't eat another bite. Maybe I could save some of this for later. I've used that. That's a good one. And what about the uh, people pleasers who have to have praise all the time to feel good about themselves? Well, you mentioned we all like praise. You mm -hmm. said, I think, at the very beginning and that we, we need it. But if that praise is needed to feel validated, then all of your self-worth is going to rest on what other people say and what they think of you. And that's not a good thing. This is one that uh, will need some explanation. Another trait of people pleasers is they avoid sharing honestly, and they don't like to admit when their feelings are hurt or have been hurt. Well, that creates conflict. So that's mm, the easiest right. way to think about that is if you're in a relationship and you're really hurt by something someone says, you don't want to mention it because you're afraid they're going to push back at you. Mm. Or a lot of people have heard, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. Or why are you asking? Why are you bringing that up? It can create a lot of conflict that can be really, really uncomfortable. And you don't want to do that, so you avoid. You don't say anything. And what happens to a relationship if someone doesn't admit being hurt? Well, it obviously isn't very authentic, is it? Mm, no. We're not having an honest, genuine, intimate kind of conversation. So the danger in that is that when you deny any of your emotions, like you're angry, you're sad, you're embarrassed, you're disappointed, any of that stuff, if you deny that you've been hurt by your partner, that's not going to bring your relationship into any type of deep intimacy you're going to be left with a relationship that feels really superficial. Well, Dr. Linda, we need to take a short break. I'm sorry. I don't want this to offend you. But <laughs> when we come back... <laughs> Please me and don't take a break. Just keep going. That's right. When we do come back, more on how to be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser.
Okay, let's be honest. There are times when we eat just because life is tense or the kids are driving you crazy or we feel anxious or insecure about a relationship with a friend or a spouse, right? Food might just be too available or I can't help myself or it feels so good to dive into the ice cream sundae. We have a million excuses, but the truth is sometimes we just eat out of emotion not need. You know, it happens to all of us. So how do we fix the problem? Well, here's a quick prescription, and it begins with press pause. If you follow this simple plan, you can say goodbye to mindless eating and hello to the joys of eating. When you press pause, you slow down and begin to listen to your body. Am I truly hungry? What's going on around me that makes me want to put something in my mouth? So here's how to pause. We're going to spell it out. The P stands for purpose, purpose to delay immediate gratification. Then the A stands for attend, attend to the moment, but also be mindful of the future and how your immediate decision might be the one you regret later. Next is the U, understand that your good intentions and even your willpower don't win the impulsive eating battle. You need a healthy dose of God help. Then the S, strategize, find ways to incorporate God's help You invite the Holy Spirit to work within you, and you'll discover his strength to improve your self-control. And then finally, the E, execute those changes. So to eat without emotion, press pause before you eat. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today's topic is Stop Being a People Pleaser. And we've got a lot more to talk about, but before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And remember, an easy way to know what Dr. Linda is writing about each day is to follow her on Twitter and Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental. And listen to the podcasts on iTunes. And Dr. Linda, I'm thinking about your book, We Need to Talk, would be a good one for this topic as well. It's all about how to stop avoiding conflict in order to build a genuine and intimate relationship. Right. Anything else you'd like to talk about? (laughs) Well, actually, yes. <laughs> like to talk about a few more things that we can do to break that habit of people pleasing. The first one, Chris, is that we really do need to practice kindness. Mm. But do it when you mean it. Right. Don't do it to get someone to like you or earn their approval. I think it's also good to check your motive when you're practicing kindness. It should be to make someone else's life better not because you need that validation. And this is what I wanted to ask you about in that last segment when I said, hey, let's come back to that. And you mentioned uh, wanting to make someone's life better. Do being a people pleaser and being codependent go together? Those could go together because you are... You, very good. You're, he's giving me he's giving me the yes. You can't see it on radio, That's but right. you put two things together because a lot of times when people are people pleasers, mm-hmm. they're also codependent in wow. a relationship. And what about tending to the needs of others? Well, you should make a rule for yourself that if someone asks you for something, your default answer could be if you're constantly giving in. This is if you're the person who's doing, oh, yeah, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. You could say, uh, let me get back to you. Have you ever tried that? Yes. And then you have time to think about it. Again, I'm not trying to say don't be kind and don't do things for other people. Mm -hmm. We're just looking at the motive and what we're, you know, the real reason why we're trying to do this. I've been in conversations with people who apologize. They'll say, oh, I'm sorry. And they didn't need to do that. So ask yourself in those times, are you really sorry or just apologizing because that's what you always do? (laughs) Right. Dr. Linda, uh, we're getting near to the end of the program, so... 
Let's talk about how to stop being a people pleaser. And would you say that we should shift our focus then to becoming a God pleaser? Absolutely. First and foremost, our esteem, our sense of worth, all of that needs to come from God, not from other people. This is the thing I want you to be teaching your girls, Chris, early, early on, and your son early on when they're little, that, you know, it's God who sees us for who we are. He gives us our sense of a purpose and, and our validation. I know sometimes that sounds like a cliche, but it's just absolutely true. But don't other people also shape the way we think of ourselves? That's why we have to spend some time listening to God or reading what the Bible says about us, because yes, other people do shape our opinions of ourselves, especially on social media and uh, the people around us, you know, kids in school. I mean, they're so keyed into what other mm. people think about them. Right. You know, the Bible really helps you think about how you're supposed to think about yourself because of how God thinks about you. So you have to constantly re be renewing your mind with the words of God, not the words of other people. And his relationship with you can really help those deep places that have been hurt and can really transform you so that you put your esteem, it's gotten from God, not from other people. It's interesting that you mentioned middle school because I remember it wasn't until middle school age that I began to worry about what people thought yeah. of me. When yeah. you're in elementary school, you don't care. It just gets worse and worse as you get older. I remember I used to say this to our kids all the time. Don't let others have the power to define who you are. Right. Only God has that right. And then I would add, and your mom and dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. we're going to tell you some good things exactly. here. Listen, Chris, one of my favorite authors is Oz Guinness. And in his book, The Call, which is one of my all-time favorite books, he talks about us having the need for an audience of one. So what he says there, I'm going to give a quote from that book, a life lived listening to the decisive call of God is a life lived before one audience that trumps all others, the audience of one. So isn't that a great idea? Oh, yeah. You can say to your mm. girls, hey, there's an audience of one when they get into, you know, the terrible things that other kids say sometimes to each other. Everything we do is not to please other people. It's really to please God. Now, in that process, we're going to have some good relationships with other people, hopefully. But ultimately, our worth and our sense of self comes from that relationship that we have with God. And thank God he doesn't love us because of what we do. And that is just so freeing. God loves us unconditionally. Mm -hmm. He sees value in us because he created us. We don't have to earn his love. You know, maybe we need to go back to singing that old Sunday school kids song. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. I hope people are still singing that song mm. in churches because it's just such a simple thought, but it's so good. The best way that we can stop being a people pleaser is to be a God pleaser, as we said. And if we understand his unconditional love for us, we're going to feel loved. We're going to feel validated. We don't love God so he will love us. We love him because he already loved us. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. 
You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.